Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in this episode. You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are going to talk about key potential international first rounders on today's show stay tuned to hear who they are you are locked on the nba draft my name is sam ferris i am one of your co-hosts and as always i'm joined by my good friend and the other member of the draft dummies uh we're up early this morning recording cody uh excited to talk to you how how's it going for you it's going great for me today we're going to talk about Roko Perkison, sorry if I butcher the name, and Usman Garuba. And then in the final segment, uh, we're going to kind of talk about both of them and say who we'd rather prefer and why. Um, so let's get into it. We're going to start with Roko first. So let's start high level with the physical tools because I think that is a big part of the intrigue with Roko. So he is 6'8". Plus, I would say he, I mean, he is likely to be the youngest prospect in the draft. So uh, when you look at his physical tools, it was interesting because I had watched him before, but now watching his current games again and then going back and seeing him a year ago, he has put on a lot of strength and just a lot of kind of girth. So, you know, he could end up, his frame could certainly end up changing a lot, but as of right now, 6'8 plus, I'd say, with long arms. He has really big hands and a strong base. One play that stood out randomly when I was watching the film the other day, Cody, was uh, he was like backing his man down with just dribbling the ball. And then without using the other hand or stopping dribbling, he just palmed the ball out of the dribble and was kind of like waving it around. Reminded me of the old prime Kevin Garnett there, but just showed kind of the big pause that he's got so he he checks the boxes of physical tools that you look for yeah absolutely I saw some places say he was six nine and like you said he's young he's only 18 years old and I think that that body's gonna probably get a little taller and fill out a little bit more too and he's already very built as well so he's listed one thing I saw was 210 210 pounds but I think he's heavier than that and I think he's gonna continue to fill out that frame nicely and like you said with it his movement skills are really good for his size uh, they had him playing kind of in a big man role at times he set a lot of uh, on ball screens and whatnot and then gets a few post touches but he he also plays the perimeter and he moves like a wing in my opinion yeah, and on top of that, he usually guards the opposing team's bigs, too. He's in there mixing it up, trying to get rebounds. So right now, I project him to be kind of more of a four. But I do think in time, he could have the versatility to play a small ball five, especially if he grows another inch and continues to put on strength. Of course, you and I, Cody, believe that most you know fours can play small ball five successfully in the NBA in today's game. So I think that will be certainly an option with him. Um, yeah, I, I like the movement skills. And another thing that sticks out to me is I think that he 
he, he's not a crazy vertical athlete, but he can jump off of both one and two feet. I was watching a game the other day where he had two pretty nice monster dunks in the first quarter. One of them came off one foot and another one came off two feet where he loaded up in the lane, dunked on guys. So that is good to see and something that, you know, can potentially be a little overrated because guys can play off one or two feet. But it is certainly nice to have the option to, to do both. Yeah, absolutely. And as far as a skill set, uh, this year he slashed 51-36-62 with 57% true shooting. And those numbers aren't bad. Uh, watching the film on him, I think the shot can come along. But right now, I think it's pretty raw. Uh, I think it's a little inconsistent. His mechanics are a little inconsistent. A little bit slower to get the shot off, in my opinion. But uh, there's certainly promise there. And he ended up putting together you know, 36% from three. Uh, how do you feel about his jump shot moving forward? Yeah, to preface this, when you're drafting Rocco, you're more drafting the physical tools, the youth, and the production from a young age. And just the foundation of a player that can potentially dribble, pass, and shoot along with those physical tools in the youth. Uh, but as of right now, his skill set is not very developed. It's not super vast, I would say. But, you know, there are the base skills there. In terms of the jump shot, though, I agree it's pretty slow i think the base is fine but uh like the wrist action at the top can be a little wonky and and just isn't very consistent kind of like you were mentioning so i don't really necessarily trust him to shoot right off the bat but that will certainly be a swing skill for him if he can just knock down at least some kind of open perimeter jump shots and i i do think you know if i had to guess i think he'll at least get to that threshold yeah, he's young and he's raw. And what I liked about him is he's not like horrible at any of these things. So offensively, he's a solid passer. Uh, he's got a solid handle. It's still raw and it needs to be tightened up. But the base is there and kind of the same with his jump shot and some of his vision and creation as well. So nothing's great right now, but nothing is horrible. I think he has kind of a good base in all those areas that he can improve on. Exactly. And I think teams are fine or teams should be excited to take a guy that's producing at a young age that that is that young with those physical tools. And they're just I mean, it seems dumb to say, but there just aren't guys six, eight plus that can dribble, pass and shoot that often in the NBA. If you can find them, those are guys that are going to be closing playoff games for you. So that is certainly very valuable. And then, Cody, another thing that I like is just at a young age, he he plays in a physical league and he's not a he's not afraid to play with force. He doesn't back down. He plays pretty physically. And, you know, there just aren't I mean, there there are certainly always lapses with young players, but his lapses are not uh, lacks lack of effort. I would say he consistently boxes out. Uh, he, he can finish around the rim even with a little bit of a bump. So I like seeing that he's used to playing kind of with these adults, matching their physicality at such a young age. Yeah, I agree. There were times where he seemed pretty weak with the ball. And that's kind of been uh, his MO for me is just the inconsistency with all of these things. Because yeah. like you said, at times he does a really good job of being physical, of finishing through contact. Uh, so I think it's just 
you know, building those skills up and then, you know, with the effort and the tenacity to just everything across the board being more consistent. And yeah, he's 18 years old and he'll get there for sure. And uh, I, if I were a team, I would love to take a, a chance on a guy, especially a rebuilding team, because I think by the time he's 24, you know, he's going to be. 6'9", maybe 6'10", really nice frame, and he's going to move really well and bring, you know, a lot of different skills to the table. I think he has a good opportunity to be a pretty good utility guy. Yeah, and I think Rocco is going to be one of kind of my guys in this draft. And when I say that, what I'm referring to is just the value that I think he'll be Because when I look at consensus or mainstream mock drafts right now, I'm still seeing Rocco end of the first, even into the second round. He he has started to rise a bit lately and started to get a little bit more coverage from what I've seen. But if he stays end of the first round and that's where he ends up going, I think he'll be one of the better values in this draft. I just don't think there's really much that separates him from some of these other kind of three, four, five, you know, bigger wing type guys, uh, like a Jalen Johnson, like a Scotty Barnes. Uh, You can certainly argue where he fits among those guys, but if you're drafting him 20 spots below, 25 spots, maybe even below a Jalen Johnson, then I I, I really like that value. Yeah, no, that's a great point. If you can get him much later, uh, I don't think there's a huge difference between those prospects. So get the value later. Uh, Did you want to touch on anything else before we head into break here? No. uh, Coming up next, we are going to talk about Usman Garuba, who I think is another fascinating international prospect. And like Cody and I have talked about, I think we're just higher on this international crop of players than most seem to be. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? Lockdown has partnered with Michelob Ultra to bring you the Ultra Player of the Week. Because we're a draft podcast, we figured we'd pick the top rookies for our Ultra Player of the Week. Michelob believes joy creates success, and this week's winner is RJ Hampton of the Orlando Magic. Those of you uh, who remember RJ Hampton, he had a great high school career, awesome mixtape, went ahead and played in the NBL in Australia last year before being drafted and uh, playing for the Denver Nuggets. Well, he was a part of that deal that sent him to the to the Orlando Magic where he's been getting a lot more run as of late. This last week he averaged about 17 points per game. He's an electrifying player, having an awesome uh, past few weeks for the Magic as he's gotten some opportunity. Michelob has some of their own stats as well at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories per bottle. Uh, It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Our Ultra Player of the Week, RJ Hampton. All right, let's get into Usman Garuba. As Sam just said before the break, we're a little bit higher on some of these international guys than some of the consensus out there. Garuba is listed at 6'8", 230 pounds. For those of you that have watched him, you know that skill set wise, he is raw, but kind of like Rocco, the physical tools uh, are there. Uh, He is extremely fun to watch defensively. Uh, Sam, what are your thoughts, your initial thoughts or the sky view on Usman? Yeah, so high level again, we'll start with the physical tools in there. They're somewhat similar to Rocco, 6'8", 
7-2 wingspan. I've read the wingspan's plus six. Uh, but you could tell me that Garuba was 6-7, and I would believe it. He's really not that big, but he does kind of play a big role for Real Madrid. By big role, I mean the big man. Uh, you know, so oftentimes playing alongside another center. And just because of his size, I do view that as his most likely position is probably at four. You might argue with me on that, Cody. Uh, but just with his size, he just he's not that big. But I, I do like him a lot. He's obviously played for Real Madrid from a young age. I think this is his third season. He played for them. And you could argue they are among the best clubs outside of the NBA. He played for them all the way back at the age of 16. Still a very young prospect. And Cody, you and I were talking about potential comps yesterday. So I want to give you kind of a low-end and high-end potential outcome of what I'm thinking of. So when I look at 6'8", 7'2", wingspan, guess who else had a 6'8", 7'2", wingspan coming in? That was Paul Millsap. Uh, and that, we think of Paul Millsap as being a bit more, you know, girthy and big and strong now. But you go back and watch Louis, his Louisiana Tech film, you know, uh, he was pretty skinny. They look very, very similar. So that would be kind of a high-end outcome for me, a low-end outcome that I was thinking of would be kind of like a Juan Toscano Anderson who started to get some more run with the Warriors where, you know, he's kind of the size of a wing, but he plays pretty tough and he plays in a system where they like to go small with the Warriors. Uh, he doesn't try to do too much offensively. He'll hit the corner three uh, and he's a smart passer and he plays along other, you know, stars offensively like a Steph Curry. He can fit into his role. Um, how, how do you like that low end, high end outcome, and where might you see him kind of fitting into that? Well, gap? I like it, and one one of the higher end outcomes that I would throw out there um, to kind of counter that a little bit, and mm -hmm. I don't think this is going to happen because uh, this player I'm about to compare him to is like so generational and such, you know, a rare example of what a six eight player can be. But high end, uh, he reminds me a little bit of Ben Wallace, and I don't think he's gonna get there. Uh, but because I I agree, he's he's so small, and Ben Wallace was so short too. But um, so I I think he would struggle with the Embiid's and some of the bigger players playing the five. But if there were a prospect, you know, out of the last few years that had you know, the highest chance of becoming a, just a stout, uh, just huge muscular Ben Wallace type that can also elevate, uh, can body people up in the post and then just elevate for amazing blocks. I mean, it would be Garuba, but again, yeah, Ben Wallace was the exception, you know, and he was such a rare player, but that would be my like highest outcome for him. And, you know, I don't think he'll ever be as skilled as Paul Millsap is or uh, as heady out there on the basketball court, but I like that comparison. And if he could get, you know, anywhere close to Paul Millsap offensively, uh, that would be amazing. Yeah. And, you know, to that point, though, I mean, Paul Millsap coming out, nobody would have thought Paul Millsap would have become as skilled as Paul Millsap became. Right. right? He was just a freak rebounder in college. 
So, I mean, that's just the point. That's like the high end and low end. Or I shouldn't say JTA is even the low end because JTA has proven himself to be a legit rotation player. There's always a chance that Garuba doesn't make it, though I definitely do not believe that will happen. But let's get into kind of what we like about him. Let's start with the defense, though, because that is, I think, where he'll bring his value. And, you know, in terms of the athletic traits, he's not like a crazy vertical athlete, but he gets off the ground really quickly, I would say. And he moves really well on the perimeter. Just in terms of, like, the size and the movement ability, it's kind of Jordan Bell-ish, but he's a lot smarter than Jordan Bell, so not really (laughs) comparing them outside of just kind of reminded me of that like little roadrunner big that just moves around so well. Um, but what stands out to you defensively watching the film? Yeah. I mean, the first thing that jumps off the page is the motor and yeah, just the, the quick feet, uh, the happy feet out on the perimeter. He moves so well laterally. He does a great job of using his wingspan to just poke and pry at the ball. And yeah, the weak side blocks and whatnot. He's got great timing. If you watch the full games, uh, he's definitely not in the right position all the time, but uh, he has the instincts, and I think he has the the intellect too, where he is going to continue to improve. But yeah, just just the motor and using that length, poking the ball or blocking shots at the rim, it's really fun to watch. Yeah, I love how his head is always on a swivel. We talk about man ball relationships and the importance of that you can tell that he's been brought up in a good academy and he's been schooled from a young age one play that stood out i posted it on twitter a couple days ago he's guarding his guy kind of uh, like halfway out to the three-point line like on the weak side uh watching the ball and his head is on a swivel back and forth making sure he still sees his man sees the ball then there's like a cutter baseline who catches the ball but because his head's on a swivel he beats the guy to the spot, elevates, and just swats it. And it was beautiful to see. But he can also stay with guys in the perimeter. I think he's got good hips, can flip his hips, can slide, can test very well. Um, you know, it's. I guess it's worth mentioning that I don't think – I think he'd obviously have a tough time with the biggest bigs, you know, the Embiid's and Jokic's. But there's a reason those guys are top three in MVP this year because nobody can really guard them. So – I don't think that's much of an issue for us. Um, But I guess to that point, Cody, would you say you trust him more to guard kind of your average, like good center or maybe like wing players? Man, initially I want to see him bang down low with the centers. Um, He's already 230 pounds. And I think, you know, he's another young guy. He's just going to get stronger and more fit. Uh, I think on the perimeter in the NBA now, the modern NBA, those fours, those other wings are able to stretch the floor. And while he, I do think he in time will, you know, bring some good on ball perimeter defense. Um, I think most of the time early, he'd probably just be getting, you know, taken away from the basket on a shooter out there. So I would like to see him, I personally would love to see him really work hard at trying to guard fives in the NBA and maybe playing small ball. There's just not too many guys. Uh, there's lots of, you know, undersized guys, um, uh, bigs that you see in college, you know, Caleb Swanigan's one. There's a bunch, but 
the difference with Garuba is just the athleticism at 6'8 and, you know, 230 pounds and he moves so well. Me personally, I would love to see him try and guard bigs to start. Yeah, and even if he has to play the four, but then can be a small ball five, I think that would be, I think that could unlock lineups offensively because we've talked about this before, but yes, when you go small, it's important for your five to be able to shoot. But in my opinion, it's more important for the five to be able to dribble and pass. We see that with guys like Draymond. Obviously, that's an extreme example. But when you can get that ball moving, get it popping, and every guy can put it on the deck and can pass, that's when you just really cannot guard the other team. And so that's something that I prefer. And especially, you know, we've seen he has the speed. He can dribble. And with bigs, yes, there are like generational passers. There's goats like Jokic. But just the willingness to pass is enough for me, you know, just for bigs. If you're willing to pass, that's enough for me to see. And I think that's the case with him. And you see this both offensively and defensively. I think I mentioned it a couple minutes ago, but you can tell he's been schooled. Like he is very happy to be kind of a, to star in his role and be a small cog in a big machine. And one way that stands out is whenever he got an offensive rebound, he was immediately looking for a shooter. And I I think that is a good example of something that will work very well in the modern NBA. And so, you know, with my guards, even with wings, I like to see him push the envelope, try to see what the boundaries of their game can be. But with Garuba, you know, him just trying to star in his role, do his part, be that cog in the machine. To me, with a big that's fine. Like I don't need him to be a star offensively. Uh, I would, I guess, like to see what he can do with, with the handle. But for now, I just like to see that he has been schooled. He's willing to do his part, play his role, and he's certainly willing to pass. And I think he's got the physical tools to potentially be able to expand it. Uh, Of course, like many guys, the jumper is the question mark. Yeah, I was going to say, it's important to know he did take almost three or yeah, three, three three-point attempts per 36 minutes and almost made 30% of them. So it's not like he's not shooting out there at all. It just has a long ways to come. But, you know, the fact that he's willing to, you know, shoot, I think his three-point rate was uh, almost 39. So uh, it's, possibility he's going to have to work on finishing too other than dunks Uh, his field goal percentage was only 47 percent so he's he's got a lot to work on but yeah I think I think the base is also there for him to be able to put the ball on the deck in short bursts maybe one or two dribbles off the short roll or whatever I think the decision making uh will have to come a long way but I think the base is is there for that too and yeah and if he can continue to keep working on that three-point shot and be willing to take them like he is uh if that comes along you know he's going to be like you said a guy that understands his role isn't going to try and do too much uh, is very very well coached and well educated on the game so yeah I I really like those parts about him as well all right, coming up next, we're going to first uh, just talk about where we rank Usman Garuba in terms of defenders in this class. Then we might talk about a little bit about their roles in the NBA, but most importantly, we're going to kind of rank these guys and say where they might end up on our boards. 
Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. I, I've said it before, but I'm not a guy that loves protein bars just in general. I, I don't love the taste. But with Built Bars, it's different. They're 100% covered in chocolate, and they have lots of different flavors you can choose from, including coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, and many more. And on top of the flavor, they are very healthy for health-conscious guys like us and like I'm sure many of our listeners are. So because you're listening to our podcast, you do get a promo code offer. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your first order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Uh, baseball is in full swing, so you can track all the action at Bet Online. Go bet on the Seattle Mariners above 500, and uh, they got the worst batting average in the league. That's my hometown Mariners for you. Um, get all the latest nudes, odds, info, all your sporting needs, uh, including the NBA and NHL that are still going in, also UFC and MMA action. Uh, before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out the greatest sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Go ahead and use uh, promo code Locked On, and you'll receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, so Cody, I wanted to start by asking you where you view. Garuba, in terms of a defensive prospect compared to some of the other guys in this class, my initial reaction would be to put him as kind of the 1B behind Evan Mobley. I just think Mobley has pretty impressive physical tools as and certainly showed the ability to affect games at the college level. So just that combination, I think, you know, at his ceiling as a prospect projecting forward, I think Mobley is 1A. As of right now, like the players that they are right now, you could argue, or I would argue, that Garuba's the best. I do prefer Mobley slightly as a prospect, but I'd put Garuba 1B in that category. Uh, how do you see it? Yeah, I was going to say, definitely behind Mobley. And then I'd probably have him above just some of the other smaller perimeter players just because it's 6'8", 230. He can be much more versatile. Uh, so I think, you know, based off his potential, he's 1B for me as well. I mean, if he can put it all together, uh, we're talking about a guy that could potentially guard one through five. And it's not like in the NBA, uh, anyone really stops the offensive superstars in this league. You just do your best to slow him down. And I think Garuba, uh, you know, has the trajectory to be, to be a guy that could potentially play you know, all those positions somewhat tough. Uh, as we know, really hard to stay in front of the the NBA point guards. Uh, There's so much talent in the league now, but I do think he, you know, compared to everyone else in this class, I think he's right up there with Evan Mobley as being a guy that could potentially uh, be very, very versatile. Yeah, that's a good point. We didn't completely touch on the switchability, but obviously that is one of the more enticing aspects of projecting his game forward. Some people even see Garuba more so as like a, a bigger wing than as a big. So it's interesting just because there are a lot of those guys. And, you know, I think 
high level, a lot of people think that Garuba and Rocco are very different prospects positionally. But when you look at their physical tools and how they, the position they actually played for their teams, I mean, they played basically the same position, right? And I think we can expect both of them to potentially at least grow and put on a little bit more weight. I think they're both projected fours, but I just thought that was interesting because, you know, going back over the last year, I kind of had in my head that Roka was more of a wing, Garuba more of a big, but I think they're both hybrids where they could kind of both go either way, but I see them more of four with the potential to, you know, fill in as a small ball five down the road, depending on how both their physical tools and their skill sets kind of progress. Yeah, and would you agree that Garuba has a lot more ways to come as far as his skill set? Like he's further behind Rocco? Yeah, maybe? like he is. Yeah, a yeah, much greater like, improvement uh, plan for him. He's got to come a long ways. I think I think Rocco is further developed in the perimeter skills area at this point. Certainly the foundations of Rocco's skills are more evident, and I would, I would bank on every part of his game, the dribble, pass, and shoot aspects of Rocco above Usman. So I certainly prefer him offensively. And, you know, to the point, talking about him being a good defender in Garuba, you can be a very good defender, but you have to find a way in today's NBA to at least not be a a big negative offensively. Like, you have to be, you have to meet a certain threshold to be on the floor, right? Like, you have to find a way to contribute uh, I'm sure there's great players on teams' benches that are great defensively, but just in today's NBA, you have to have at least three, most likely four guys that can space the floor and can do two of the three of dribble, pass, and shoot. So he has a ways to come, but the ability to contribute for such a good team at such a young age, plus the physical tools, plus the defensive acumen, uh, and just the upside there is why to me, Cody, both of these guys, you know, they're fringe lottery picks, but as of right now, I do have them kind of towards the back end of my lottery. So I guess this is a good transition into talking about how we rank them and where we might end up with them on our boards. So let's just start with ranking these guys against each other. Uh, Who do you kind of initially prefer here? If you were on the board, say at like 14, the GM comes up to you. These are the two guys that they're deciding between. Uh, which would you lean and which would you advocate for? Uh, I've had trouble with this one and trying to figure out uh, who I would prefer. I do think Pierkison is a little bit of the safer pick, actually. But I I would probably lean Garuba at this point. Just the size and strength and the movement skills uh, is very enticing. And I could see him, you know, in six years down the road being the much better player at age 24. So I'd probably lean Garuba as of now. What about you? Yeah, it's interesting. You kind of brought up a thought in my head talking about that because we've talked about, you know, going back over time and looking at the prospects that people thought were the safest. A lot of times, I thought you were going to say Garuba was safer because a lot of times we've gone back and looked and it's been the Willie Cauley-Stein or the Nerlens Noel types, the bigs that people are like, oh yeah, they'll be able to switch, they'll be able to guard for sure, so that's safe. Whereas I've found that not, you know, 
switchability defensively and just bigs in general, it's tough to really say which of those is the safest. So I just wouldn't, I wouldn't buy too much into that, but you ended up going with Rocco being the safer pick anyway. So I think that's interesting. I certainly would say, if you say Rocco's safer, I would say Rocco's ceiling is a little bit higher too. Um, but uh, I'd say maybe Garuba's middle outcomes where he becomes a really solid defender and good enough offensively might be a bit more valuable. I think that's how I would kind of lay out their outcomes. I would lean Rocco slightly there, but it's very close. Like I, I think I would have them in the same tier towards the end of my lottery, kind of in the 10 to 14 range, maybe a little higher depending on where I finish on a couple other guys, because as Cody and I've gone through a lot of these guys, we have like our top five. And then after that, it's like guys that were like, yeah, we'd be comfortable with them at the end of the lottery or mid first round. But I mean, we have to have somebody in the six through 13, 14 range. So we'll see where we kind of end up on some of the other guys. But for now, I would kind of, you know, put them or expect them to be kind of in that 10 to 14 range in the same tier and just lean Roko over over Usman. Gotcha. I like it. And yeah, I, you bring up like Willie Cauley-Stein and Noel. It's an interesting player type to evaluate because you, you get some of these bigs where you're like, okay, at a minimum, they're going to move well on the perimeter defensively and they're going to be able to catch lobs and uh, catch passes on the roll and dunk and whatnot. And um, it's kind of, you know, as I always uh, like to evaluate just an individual player um, and my preferences for them watching their film. But I really like Garuba for a lot of the reasons you, you mentioned being well coached, uh, high motor guy, uh, being able to play in a system. He doesn't seem like a guy that's trying to do stuff outside his role, you know, where I wouldn't have touched Jordan Bell or Willie Cauley Stein with, you know, a yardstick. <laughs> I did not like them as prospects at all. So uh, I like Garuba. We'll see. But I certainly don't blame anyone that has Rocco a little higher. And I, I agree with you. Rocco, his skill set probably gives him a little bit higher of a ceiling. Yeah, th- I think Gar- Garuba has that really good head on his shoulders. He's certainly been coached and been playing for good teams, both with Spain and with Real Madrid. Um I'll just be interested to see how he looks out there, because even right now, he just doesn't look that big to me. I mean, what if he comes out and he just looks dwarfed? But I do think just with the defensive versatility and switchability, then you can just put him on the bigger wings. And like he could probably even guard a lot of those really good big wings. That's another thing I think that I've learned is you, you just have to be bigger than what we expect to actually be able to guard those guys. Like you need real size. And so even if he doesn't end up being like a center Sometimes we talk about this where there's potentially different pathways and that gives guys a little bit more value as prospects. If he doesn't hit this as a center, maybe he can be this switchable defender that guards big wings. So I think there's certainly ways, a variety of ways that he can derive and provide value to teams. And I think that is certainly interesting. But yeah, I think end of the lottery, 10 to 14 range. But I think that's, I think we are both higher on both guys than the consensus at least right now um so that's certainly interesting to note 
Yeah, if there's any player in this draft uh, that I wish could just grow two more inches, it would be Garuba. If he could get into like the Bam Adebayo height range, get to 6'9", maybe even 6'10", uh, I think that would do wonders for his career. But we'll see. He's young, but he's pretty mature. He may be done growing. But, uh, yeah, he could certainly use just a couple more inches. Yeah, if he if he's six if you're telling me he's a certain six ten like in this made up scenario, I would argue with having him all the way up at number five. And I, is that fair? I don't know. I I think that that does make a pretty significant difference. But just kind of an interesting thought process. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to give us a follow or a subscription. Give us a review on Apple iTunes. Also check out the other shows on NBA uh, draft, the locked on uh, those guys are doing awesome work as well. We appreciate you listening. Um, also get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the locked on today podcast host. Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the locked on today podcast on Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope you guys have a good one. And Sam, you have any sign-off notes? Thank you, listeners, and follow us at Draft Dummies on Twitter. Appreciate all of you.